I have been thinking a lot about peace, harmony, love, compassion for the last year or so. And during this pandemic has taught me a lot about human interaction and what Frederick Nietzsche will say, human all to human. I don't know if I will be alive to make it to see peace on earth. I don't know if I will be alive to see people smiling again and really mean it. I don't know if I will see human beings going to out of space to meet other species. Just like Star Trek. In this episode, I will be reading a letter from Gandhi to Adolf Hitler. And I will share the wisdom that I have learned, that I learned reading the letter. That I hope that Gandhi's action will teach you about just asking for peace. I know that it's very frustrating to see the world in the state that it's in. And this has been going on for centuries, even since the beginning of time when it comes to humanity. So I hope this episode teaches you about asking, about even calling the worst person in existence your friend. Wisdom Podcast, and I hope that everybody's having a wonderful day. And guys, remember to breathe and relax. And uh, right at the moment, just like I said in previous episode, my son is home and he is in the background screaming his head off because school, it's not starting. Everything is going to be virtual. That's the information that I received from his school. So excuse that screaming child in the background. And I'm going to try to remove it as much as I can during the editing process. Before I begin this episode, reading a letter from Gandhi to Hitler, you can support FAO via v- PayPal, Venmo, or become a $5 Patreon member. I know I understand the political tension when it comes in regards to Patreon, but uh, that's how we little podcasters make our money. 
Um, but uh, you guys could also support Foul uh, by sharing, by liking um, this episode, by even just listening constantly because I could uh, understand what you like and don't like so I can approve this podcast as much as I can to entertain you during this pandemic. So wherever you are, uh, listening in your car, working, or just hanging out, working on a project, um, e- or even working on your podcast, you know, um, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode because I really appreciate it. And I'm almost hitting a thousand downloads. So I'm really excited to um, share that with you guys because it's just super, super duper exciting because I really want to do this for a living and it's actually coming together. Everything's starting to come together and it's uh, a dream come true for me. So in this episode, I'm going to read you a letter from Gandhi. But before we begin to do that, I'm going to give you guys a little bit information about um, the causes of war, war, World War Two. So I found this little site. Uh, it's a www.worldwar2facts.org, and it has little cool um, arts and stuff uh, on it. And I'm going to link that as always down in the description below, which you can see on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and so forth. Um, but it's a super cool art of, and it shows France. I don't know what that is, that animal. Um, but then Russia is like a big old bear. And I, I don't know what Britain is. So, but uh, really cool art form. Really enjoyed this website that you can get so much, uh, f- you know, facts of... You know, talking about the, the aircraft, the armies, the battles, the documents, facts, the Holocaust, even memorials and people. And they even talk about ships and submarines, tanks, and pretty much the entire timeline of World War II. Uh, so the facts was, um, this is by Mac Dean, and he talks about the causes of the Second World War. World War II broke out into open conflict due to the military aggression of Germany and Japan. When Germany invaded Poland in 1939 and Japan struck against China in 1937, the causes of World War II and background to those events is considerably complex, and it's important to understand the key facts and situations that lead to the global war. Fundamentally, the war has its roots in the, in, in the military expression of political philosophies of two men, Adolf Hitler, who needs no introduction, and the much less well-known Sadao Araki, a top general in, Japan imperi- in Japan's imperial army before the war. Akari was the premier right-wing theorist in imperial Japan. The impact of the Great Depression on Japan. The Great Depression hit Japan particularly hard. Japan has few, nat- few natural resources and had problems obtaining resources from the rest of the world. Natural resources around the Pacific were mostly under the control of Western col- colonial, colonial powers and the Japanese were cut off from trade. This exasperated Japan's economic woes and causes considerable civil discontent. There was a strong feeling in Japan that an aggressive military expansionist policy was the only way to break out of their unfortunate economic situation and was one of the leading causes of World War II in the Pacific. The people lost faith in the civil government and turned towards the army. Araki and his follow 
followers were known as the Imperial Way faction, as well as a fundamental belief in the supreme rule of the emperor. They also merged the ancient Bushido, I think it's pronounced Bushido, uh, way of the samurai with the fascist ideals that were starting to rise up in Europe to create a new right-wing way of thinking that was in tune with the beliefs of much of Japan's people of the time. Uh, Japan invade of Manchuria. In 1931, the Japanese launched the invasion of Manchuria, a region of China. With its rich natural resources, it was seen as an important strategic strategic target. The army took it upon themselves to invade Manchuria in direct violation of orders from the civil government in Tokyo. Over the next six years, the Japanese army came to dominate the Japanese government, and Iraqi's aggressive and expansionist Imperial Way faction began to dominate the army. They had continued to expand in China, leading to an all-out war by 1937. The United States had considerable economic interests in China at that time, and Japanese aggression began to affect these interests. Public opinion in the U.S. was also starting to turn against the Japanese. As well as economic issues, the American public was horrified by the reports of humanitarian atrocities such as the Nanking Massacre. Relation between the U.S. and Japan was incredibly strained, and war started to seem inedible, although at the time it was reckoned to be imminent. And then it continues on. It talks about Japan continued to expand. It talks about the Japanese attack on the Pearl Harbor. And uh, meanwhile, in Europe, war had been raging for over two years. Germany had provoked the Allies with their annexation of neighboring territories. And again, the initial motivations for aggressive territorial expansion were primarily economic. The Great Depression had a profound effect on, on Germany hard. But another important factor restricting the economy of Germany in the 1930s was the Treaty of Versailles. Impact of the Treaty of Versailles on World War II. The Germans were forced to sign this treaty at the end of World War I and imposed many harsh restrictions and penalties on the nation. Germany was required to pay a vast amount of money and war reparations, which crippled the nation's budget. In an already difficult economic climate, this, the, this necessitated an almost unbearable austerity among the German people. Understandably, the Germans felt the consequences of the treaty were exceptionally harsh. They felt it was unfair that they should have to suffer so much. In this harsh climate, they were particularly receptive to extremist politics. Adolf Hitler's impact on World War II. Adolf Hitler's Nazi party promised the German people that they would tear up the Treaty of Versailles. When they were voted to power in 1933, they immediately began to ignore it. As things improved economically in Germany, it it became easier for Hitler to cement his grip on power. He achieved absolute control over Germany very quickly. Military expansion was at the heart of Hitler's philosophy and was another leading cause of World War II. He had a strong belief in the innate superiority of the German people. He also believed that the Germans deserve, I think that's how you pronounce it, it's a Liber, um, Liberna going to link that down in the description below for you guys to kind of pronounce that for me. Meaning expanded geographic space to develop and grow as a society. Germany has lost a lot of territory. As a result of the Treaty of Versailles and Hitler was determined to get it back. Hitler's defiance of military restrictions. As well as violating the, the economic principles of the treaty, he also began to find military restrictions. The treaty placed strict lines on the size of German air armed forces, which could, uh, Hitler quickly breached. In 1936, German forces marched in to take the Rhineland territory that they had previously lost. The Germans continued their materialistic 
territorial expansion, first going into Austria, Slovakia. I think that's how you pronounce it. And if you guys don't know this, I think I introduced Sergei. I think that's where he's from. Um, anyway, shout out to him. While certain elements of British and French political society felt that the Treaty of Versailles was too harsh and sympathized with Hitler's aim, they felt that this time he has gone too far. While they weren't, they weren't prepared to declare war right away, they felt they had to issue him an ultimatum under the uh, policies of appeasement. The British and French government declared that if Hitler invade, invaded Poland, they would have no choice but declare war. British Prime Minister Navelli Chamberlain believed that Hitler would defy the ultimatum and risk war. He was wrong. The Germans invaded Poland on the 1st of, on the 1st of September 1939. And war in Europe had officially begun signifying the failure of appeasement and the start of War World Two. So, now that you guys kind of got a little bit of information about the background of the beginning of World War II, um, it did a lot of damage. And as you guys um, heard me read the the essay, um, it, it was it was looking really bad. I mean, there was like economic turmoil. There was a lot of tension. There was a lot of a lot of depression going on. And I'm not making an argument against with the Nazis. I'm not making an argument for the Japanese. I'm not making an argument for the Americans or anything like that. But what I'm saying is that there was a lot of tension. And during this pandemic that we are facing at the moment, could you imagine the Great Depression hitting and everybody is out of work? Pretty much what we're seeing at the moment with the pandemic, with the unemployment and stuff like that. I don't remember if it's sky high at the moment, but, uh, you know, people are out of work. People, you know, it, it causes a lot of stress and anxiety and frustration. And that pretty much led to the beginning of the right wing Japanese, you know, military. And then it started with, you know, Adolf Hitler with the rise of Nazism and then Benito Mussolini in Italy with fascism. And they pretty much have every some something in common fundamentally to fundamentally uh, to its core and that is uh, working together and bringing them out of the misery that they're feeling. Again, I'm not making the argument for Germany, Japan or, you know, Benito Mussolini or anything like that. But the tension are is high. And during this pandemic, with the George Floyd, the death of George Floyd, which was pretty fucked up, by the way, everybody began to rise up because of the pent-up anger. You, in here in the United States of America, you see a lot of Black Lives Matter coming out and demanding justice. And you see them chant, chant this out in the streets. No justice, no peace. And so that's in similarity, I'm not comparing Black Lives Matter to, you know, fascism or anything like that. No, absolutely not. They're not the same. But their intention is not the same. But as you can see that when you take away the needs of people, especially when it comes to resources, whether it's food, water, water, water shelter, 
Um, and sometimes even information in itself, you it causes a lot of tension and a lot of built of built up anger, and it can lead to many bad things happening, and then like war, for instance, that can occur. And this is the human nature, and we are. It's the twenty first century, and I. I hope that we learn from the situation of World War II. I'm not saying there's going to be a World War III or anything like that, but comparing the situation with the Great Depression and people's needs and wants and resources are limited. You know, I'm going to have to agree with Karl Marx on this one about, you know, resources are, you know, given not, I wouldn't say necessarily equally. And like I said, I don't agree completely with Karl Marx, but then there's some argument that, that he makes that does make sense. And I'm a person who does not reject ideas completely because of the fact that there are things where you kind of have to look at people's idea you, you and take them into account and kind of um, don't necessarily reject it right away, but take it apart as much as you can. But the resources, when you take it away from human beings, it can lead to anxiety, tension, um, anger, um, hate and and during World War II, a lot of bad things happened. And even after uh, World War II, and even you know after the 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 World War II, when it ended, it was the rise of communism um, with Mao Zedong, uh, Pol Pot, um, Che Guevara, and Fidel Castro, and the fall of the Soviet Union, etc. So it was like you know right wing, and then left wing so you know a lot of people were pretty shitty to each other and so I'm gonna read this letter to you guys and um it's from Gandhi to Hitler he wrote this in I believe yes July 23rd 1939 Gandhi wrote dear friend friends have been urging me to write to you for the sake of humanity but I've resisted their, their request because of the feelings that any letter from me would be impertinence. Something tells me that I must not calculate and that I must make in my appeal for whatever it may be worth. It is quite clear that you are today the one person in the world who can prevent a war, which may reduce humanity to the savage state. Must you pay that price for an object, however worthy it may appear to you, to be? Will you listen to the appeal of the one of one who has deliberately shunned the method of war, not without considerable success? Anyway, I anticipate your forgiveness if I have earned it in writing to you. I remain your sincere friend, Mahatma Gandhi. And it's addressed to Hitler in Berlin, Germany. The thing about the letter is that Gandhi called him friend and Hitler turned out to be the most atrocious disgusting distasteful egotistical murderous maniac in existence besides an alliance with Pol Pot and Muhammad Gandhi Mahatma Gandhi still called him friend and if you guys don't know the fact that even I call my enemy's friend and that that letter really touches me because the fact that 
it teaches me that to love your enemy is the best weapon for peace. To ask, to beg and say, please don't do this. And he tried. And that letter was written in July. And Hitler invaded Poland on September 1st, 1939, which led to the beginning of World War II. Now, I know you're probably listening to this and you're right-wing and you don't like Antifa or you're Antifa listening to this and you don't like the fascists or, I don't know, the Proud Boys. But it's not going to solve anything. And maybe it's just pent-up energy that people are feeling. Maybe it's the pandemic that's making everybody's going crazy at the moment. I don't know. But listen to Gandhi. Even he called his enemy his friend. Well, I wouldn't say it's enemy. Um, but somebody who thinks really of the completely total opposite of Gandhi. He called him his friend. And I've learned this and it, it touches my heart. And it makes me a little bit teary-eyed because of lately I have been feeling a lot of anger towards the current political climate that I'm feeling. And... You know, I have been ill myself. I have been stuck. I have been, you know, concerned about the coronavirus affecting my family and especially someone like me who have health issues as is and then have to be concerned about COVID-19 killing me. I'm stuck in the house and like I said, I'm happy podcasting. But it makes you think about things like this. And I'm, I'm... Maybe it's just a message from the universe that I came across this letter from Gandhi that I randomly one day saw on Facebook that I thought was pretty interesting to share with you guys. And I don't know, maybe we will be in another war. But after a destruction, there's always something growing out afterwards. And you see this constantly, you know, like a volcano eruption, for example. And beautiful islands start to be made even after a fire clears out a land. New grasses and flowers and trees will grow. And this is the yin and yang that that I chose to use as my logo. As a representation to the, ex- the cycle of existence, of being, of chaos and order. And I hope this letter kind of teaches you guys about asking for peace. Even though you know in your heart and in your gut that humans have the ability to disregard anything someone will say for the sake of power. The aggression within all of us is strong, and it's built into our blood, our being, and our genes. And the eruption will come out in times of chaos, in times of distress. And the ego will come out. The dragons within us will come out to destroy another being, if necessary, in order to protect our family, our tribe, our nation, and our culture. I'm naive sometimes to think that maybe possibly I would not be alive to see peace on earth. 
Even though we dance and sing and kumbaya that we want peace, compassion, love, kindness, and happiness. But what needs to happen, it's not political revolution. The revolution that I believe that will solve the issue of humanity is the revolution of the self. As always, guys, stay far out. Bye. Hello again. Like what you're hearing? Consider making a donation to Foul via PayPal, Venmo, or become a $5 Patreon member. All the information will be down below with links you can click that will lead you directly to my PayPal, Venmo, or Patreon. I work very hard on these episodes on my own. I am my own Jamie. Most importantly, remember to rate and follow Foul on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast player of your choice. It helps new listeners who enjoy a dose of wisdom come my way. If you wish to connect with me, please do so via parlor at boonfow or send me an email at boonhim at gmail.com. Akon!